Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, I'm recording. Welcome to your closet studio. Yes. And it's ultra quiet in here. I feel a little bit like a hostage. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim France. And I'm Talia Vacasis. Welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We're bringing you a special emergency coronavirus quarantine episode today. Um, yes. We're both recording from our closets and our apartments. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to give a special mention of the name of our podcast because it feels super relevant right now. It's like that the meme of the dog where the fire is all around him and he's saying, this is fine. I feel like that's what I'm feeling like right now. Like everything is totally fine. Oh, everything is fine. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk a little bit about why we decided to do this? Yeah. um, It feels like we're all going through something pretty momentous and It's pretty tricky to figure out what people want to hear about right now. And in a way, from your blog, Girls of a Certain Age, and from the Instagram of Everything is Fine, it felt like people just want to hear how other people are surviving right now. And um, I was thinking, like, people either just want to be really distracted or they want to only be talking about this. Yeah. And so we just felt like... We're talking about this all the time, so let's just do an episode where we talk about this more. With everybody. Yeah. So how are you today? How are you feeling? Today is a decent day. I overslept by a lot, which is not unusual for me. Took Mm -hmm. the dogs out. I have to say, every day when I go out on the street, there are fewer people out there and fewer cars on the streets, and it's just really strange. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, I live at home alone. I work alone. So I was just talking to someone about how the adjustment hasn't been just massive for me. You know, I don't go to an office every day. Um, It's it's sort of an extreme iteration of my life. But, you know, Mm -hmm. how about you? 
Well, the same. I don't go to an office every day either. So that part of it is not changed. But the fact of having everybody, like my kids and my husband, home all day, every day, and the feeling of being trapped in the house, which I guess everybody's feeling. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, somehow it does feel different, even if the logistics are the same-ish. Uh, and I guess that's just this kind of impending sense of doom that we have hanging over us. Yes. Um, my first reaction was to go and cut my bangs. Which, according to my social media, is has been a very popular reaction. Oh, really? Yes, there's a lot of talk of bang cutting. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I feel like it's the perfect time because I messed it up and so nobody can see them. Yeah, no, I think it is the perfect time. And this also is the perfect time for a lot of women who are on the fence to go gray. Mm, true. Yeah, my roots are starting to come in a little bit. And I think I've told you I don't have that much gray, but I have just enough that I do a little root touch up. Yeah, my hair, I got in touch with my hairdresser because I wanted to get an at home kit. I thought I'll give it a shot myself. And she was like, come in, we're, we're exercising precautions. And I'm just like, no, no. It's so hard because you know that those people need the business, but right. you don't you don't want to. I'm finding that the rules. Uh, so where I live in Montreal, there are a lot of rules. Um, I know that they have actually been more restrictive than in other places. And I'm finding the rules are comforting because at least I can turn to the rules if I don't know what to do. Right. So I don't have to use my judgment and I can just say to people, no, we're not allowed to do that. And then that's at least I don't seem so crazy. Right. <laughs> um it's just something to fall back on. What are some of the rules? Uh, well, no gatherings, no large gatherings. I mean, they're saying no getting together in people's homes. I think the government actually said, because in Quebec, this is a thing, like no dinner parties. Don't have dinner parties. <laughs> um, and just going out for the bare essentials, keeping six feet away from each other. I don't know if by the time we put this out, they're saying that we're going to be on a total lockdown as of Sunday. Um <sighs> So I'm not sure if by the time this is out. Anyway, um, so what are some of the things that you're doing to keep sane? I think that's what everybody wants is more tricks to keep sane. Well, the one of the main things I've been doing is FaceTiming a lot of people all the time. Yeah. Not just my close friends and family, but people I haven't seen or spoken to for a while. Um, it feels really nice to to yeah. see people's faces, especially because I am alone. You know, mm -hmm. it it really kind of brightens the room when I'm talking to somebody on a screen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a main thing. Um, you know, focusing yeah. on work has been has been a real outlet. Um, any day now, I plan to start doing yoga at home again. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that. But I listened to that podcast, The Happiness Lab, and we're hoping to have the um, person who runs that podcast, Lori Santos, on a future episode of our show. But she put out a coronavirus special, and the expert that she spoke to said that it's actually really important to do FaceTime with people and not just really directed FaceTimes, but sort of just hanging out with your friend where you're almost just watching a TV show together, but on FaceTime yeah. or doing all those Zooms where you're like having a glass of wine with your friends kind of thing. Um, and I've been like you finding that really helpful. Yeah, it's huge. It's really huge. It, it's a 
powerful. Another thing I've been doing that I find is sanity keeping is cooking. Yeah. Because also the structure of a recipe and the feeling of accomplishment at the end of doing a recipe makes me feel like I've done something. And if it's a complicated enough recipe, at least I can't be thinking about something else and I can't be checking Twitter and I can't be doing anything else. Yeah, I never cook. I'm a big takeout person. I've been cooking lately and they just um, made a new rule in my building that you have to meet delivery people in the lobby. They're not allowed to come up to your apartment anymore. So I feel like I'm going to be cooking even more because I'm trying to avoid, you know, all public spaces. I have somewhat compromised lungs, so I feel like I have to take this really seriously. Mm. Um, Why do you have compromised lungs? Well, um, I smoked for many years, off and on, many, mm. many years. And two out of the last three winters, I've had pneumonia. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really trying to, to take it as easy as I can. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, all this will lead to more cooking. Yeah. And I um, also, I started a sourdough starter. And I'm going to ah. start making bread because I've seen a lot of people doing that. And it feels also like a slow thing to do. Yeah. Sort of at Some, the pace that we're living. Yeah. It's like distracted baking or anxiety baking, basically. Yeah. No, I've seen a lot of bread on Instagram. That's for <laughs> sure. I think that's very admirable. I've, I've never <laughs> tried to do anything like make bread. And then the other thing that I feel is important to me anyway, is in the morning I've been journaling, which is not a normal thing that I do. But um, I don't know if this is going to sound too morbid, but when my mom died, which is about 12 years ago, a friend of mine whose father had died a few years before said to me, oh, you should keep a journal during this time. Hmm. And I, we were sitting Shiva for my mom and it was like I was miserable and everything felt just like a blur and horrible. And I thought, what a bizarre thing for somebody to say. And now that I'm in a different place with my grief, I feel like I really wish I could look back and see how I was feeling during that, that time. Mm -hmm. And so this is not of the same magnitude, but it does feel like in a few years I might want to look back, even though I feel like there's absolutely nothing to say right now, and see how I was feeling. That's really interesting. I'm going to journal. Yeah, it's a really um, interesting suggestion. Yeah. I mean... I'm kind of writing the same thing every day. Like, we're today was not a great day. We were all really <laughs> bored. <laughs> I know. I think there might be a sameness to my entries as well. Yeah, but I think just chronicling and like today, this is now further restricted and da da da. I mean, it, it feels a little bit like Second World War diary. Like I was I'm just thinking that. And Frank style. Yeah. <laughs> and Frank without the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Or some Nazis, unfortunately, here in America. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because somebody's question was, how do you create a routine with all the craziness and uncertainty out there? This person wrote, I haven't worn makeup or pants with a button since last week. <laughs> how do you not give up caring about your appearance when your only outing is walking the dog? And so I've been having a little bit of structure to my day, and I am still putting on makeup. Me too. And it's not for my family. It's for myself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, especially given how much FaceTiming I'm doing, there's no way I'm not putting on makeup. <laughs> but I do it, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm a little acclimated to this, as I was saying, just because I work at home already. And I always, every day when I'm working at home, get dressed. I don't get dressed in like anything fancy, but I do get dressed in something other than sweatpants most, the vast majority of days. And I always put on my makeup. 
And it is for me. I mean, this kind of does settle the question, who do women dress for? Yeah. I Okay, so my dressing is a little schleppy. That, I will say, has, but my makeup routine is on point. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think these things are important. You know, yeah. it's it's important to continue to have a routine. I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, I think I, I feel pretty fortunate that I was already a, an at-home worker when all of this happened because I feel like I do have, you know, my days don't have an enormous amount of structure, but I do know how to function working at home. So this segues into something that I did want to talk about, which is routine. And so immediately when this all started on social media, people started posting all these very impressive schedules for their kids. And yes. immediately I thought, okay, that makes so much sense. I'm going to make a schedule for my kids. But looking at other people's schedules, it was like 8 to 9 a.m., mindfulness, 9 to 10 a.m., like journaling. <laughs> like it was just all this stuff. And so for the last few days, it's literally been like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., Minecraft, <laughs> 11 a.m. to 12, <laughs> like, complain about everything. I mean, it's it's been really, really hard to stick to any kind of schedule, even though I do think that they look at it and think, like, what should I be doing right now? But I find there's this real issue that I'm finding with myself. Like, people are posting all these resources for kids and and – and for adults, like, you know, all this museum has made itself available online. You can do a virtual visits of X museum. You can, there's all these yoga classes happening. People are doing free, free concerts. And I'm almost feeling like I'm having f quarantine FOMO. Like, I, <laughs> a friend of mine was like, I don't even know how to maximize my quarantine time. Like, because there's so much going on. And that I feel hilarious. like stop you know like I know it's so cynical because like how wonderful that all these people are putting out these free re resources and trying to build community during this time and like come join me for this yoga class but it is making me feel terrible about the fact that I'm spending most of my days panic scrolling Twitter like it's it's but you know everybody is panic scrolling Twitter even the people who make up those lesson plans I just have to believe that I know, but I do feel, and I think this is a social media thing, that there's a real performance aspect also to, like, how are you doing your quarantine? And I I am having a hard time not feeling shitty about myself even during this time. And so very early, Nora McNearney, who is a wonderful podcast host um, of the show called Terrible Thanks for Asking, and I screen grabbed it on my, comp on my phone, she wrote... You don't have to race anyone to the silver lining or try to turn quarantine lemons into a side hustle or a novel or a newfound fluency in three new languages. It's going to be okay. But right now, it's just going. And I was like, oh, thank yeah, you for great. releasing me from the pressure of all this. That's funny. I haven't been feeling that pressure. I mean, I... I um. I think part of it is because I don't have kids at home, and so I'm not I'm not dealing with that aspect of feeling. No, like another I'm not one being... of my friends. I think it's I think it's like certain people have a tendency to like feel like they're just not doing enough of all the stuff that's going on. Because my friend who said I'm not maximizing my quarantine, she doesn't have kids either, and she was like, "It's all the yoga classes." She was like, "I just that's I funny. can't keep up with the amount of yoga classes that people are offering." <laughs> that's funny.
<laughs> and I know that it's extreme privilege to be worrying about these kinds of things during a global pandemic. I mean, I'm also not worrying about my family being able to eat, and I'm not a healthcare worker working on the front lines. And, you know, I get that. Mm -hmm. But it does also make me feel sometimes like the thing I need to be social distancing from is my phone. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's an important time to stay connected. To me, that's the most the most important thing that I'm taking from this or the thing I'm I'm devoting my non-working hours to is is not yoga classes or you know, cooking something like Kokavan, but you know, just really trying to connect. I'm that's just yeah. super important to me. No, I think that's the right way to do it. You had this thing when we were talking on the phone the other day, because I was like, when does the anxiety, the heightened anxiety stop? You said something, what was it, like you had an expression about how we're going to reach a new normal with this? Yeah, I said it really perfectly, I must say, and I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I think I said something like, you know, this is going to become our new setting. And we're going to get... setting, yeah. We're going to get used to this being our new setting. Yeah, because I've been trying to figure out, like, is this weird in-between feeling the way it's going to feel if it goes on for too long and yeah you were like no I think we're going to get to a new setting and then we're going to it's going to that will be our new normal and it won't be the same as before and it won't be the same as maybe after this but it'll be some other thing yeah I do think that mm -hmm. because humans can't keep up that level of anxiety for so long you have to so I mean I, I have to believe that even in the very most worst circumstances you can imagine people it comes back to my my radical acceptance thing, you know, mm -hmm. not my mm -hmm. radical acceptance things, but this whole notion of radical acceptance, which I think is super important right now. Just mm -hmm. like this is my situation. Here's what I can't control. Here's what I can control. Here's mm -hmm. how I can proceed. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's too much for a person to take, you know, that level of anxiety every day and that level of fear and I do feel like it. we're all going to reach another state with it. Yeah. Okay. So another thing that keeps me very sane is exercise. I am, I normally do a lot of cardio. And so I have two recommendations for people if they feel like they need to get a workout. And they're two very different things. And one of them is called Fitness Blender. My friend told me about it. Um, and it's a very pared down workout. There's a lot of very clear information on the screen. It's all against the white background. There's no music. Uh, and I've been finding them really, really good, strong workouts. And then the other one is this guy called the Fitness Marshal on YouTube. And he's just like the polar opposite of that, where he just brings this amazing energy to the table. It's basically like going to a club with your best friend who's the best dancer in the club. He's got great moves. I can barely keep up with him. And it's all like Cardi B and uh, Rihanna and Lizzo and stuff like that. But it's super fun. And it's especially good for getting your, um, what is it, your endorphins, your endorphins going. It's super fun. Sorry, that's my kids. Do you want to move on to the top fives? Sure. Let's move on to some top fives. So people wrote, I'd like to hear both of your top five items in all the categories. Music, movies, books, apps, celebrity crushes. So I listed mine. I don't know if you want to start. I did. Okay, let's start with favorite bands. Did you do favorite bands? Uh, you know my favorite band. <laughs> I do know My top favorite. five favorite bands are Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys, <laughs> and Beastie Boys. 
Um, but I struggled and I also came up with, well, I didn't struggle because I also love, I love Lizzo and there's a Quebecois uh, singer who I really love. And if people like listening to good folky rock in French, his name is Jean Leloup and he's somebody I listen to regularly. And I love Lauren Hill, even though she turned into a bit of a strange person. Mm-hmm. And I love Luscious Jackson. Ah, oh, Luscious Jackson. I have such. I, I I was friendly with those girls back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Friends. I knew Jill and Gabby and Kate and um and I went to college with Vivian. Oh wow! Look so at you. I was like buddies with them. Yeah, I used to see them running around at shows and things. And when they were on Saturday Night Live, they were. I guess when you're a band and you're on Saturday Night Live, you're allowed to invite a journalist with you, which I'm sure <laughs> most of them just don't do. <laughs> Because they hate journalists, but they invited me to go with them. And so that was super fun. Oh, that's so fun. So you were backstage? I was backstage at Saturday Night Live where I learned that like the green room at Saturday Night Live is where all the losers go. And like... Meaning what? It's like with anything, you know, you think you're backstage, you think you're in the like private room and like there's a cooler one that you don't know about. (laughs) So you were in the green room? I was in the green room, but then I went back Uh, to the real backstage, and that was kind of fun. The real green room. The real green room. Who are your bands? (laughs) Okay. Um, Yola Tango is my favorite band. I was going to say. I knew that. Wilco. Oh, Um, really? I love Wilco. I love (laughs) Wilco. I don't make any apologies for that. Um, Velvet Underground. Okay, fair. Pavement. Wow. Um, I love Pavement. And The Clash. Wow. Okay. So yours is more rock. Mine is more rock. And, Indie rock. Yeah. And also very male. I mean, I like my <gasps> entire career when I was in my 30s was about writing about female rockers. And then I had a moment of reckoning when I made this list because everybody on it is a guy. Shit. So I know. Who are, okay. So who are, if you were only allowed to pick women, who would they be? Oh, you're putting me on the on the spot. No, just as we yeah, were discussing, was so okay, hard. Okay, one, one, one. Like one. Liz Fair? No. Liz Fair. Well, I mean, yes. Liz Fair, absolutely. Amy Mann. I like Amy mm. Mann a lot. Do you like Fiona Apple? People do. You know, I once flew to Los Angeles to interview Fiona Apple, got to the photo shoot, which is where the interview was supposed to happen, and was told by the assistant of the photographer who was dismantling the shoot that Fiona Apple had canceled the interview that day. So I've always had a little bit of a thing about Fiona Apple because she made me fly Um, to Los Angeles for no reason. There's a profile in The New Yorker that kind of indicates that you were not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that was that was very frustrating. Let's just take a break here from our top fives to do an ad and we'll be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25 percent off. Okay. A lot of people on Instagram wanted the book recommendations. So I don't know about top five, but I had a bunch of books that I could recommend. Okay, great. You? Yeah, I have some too. You want to go first? Okay. So I have read three times, I think, The Secret History by Donna Tart and the Tart with two yeah. T's. So good. And The Goldfinch, I've read twice. Uh, they're big tomes, but they're just so engrossing. And she really creates a whole world of characters. And the people in The Secret History are a little bit strange. It's a college story, but um, so good. Fantastic book. Very recently, I finished all the Elena Ferrante books, and I was so into them. Um, my brilliant friend and all mm -hmm. the other ones with the complicated titles. Did you read those? You know, I didn't. I did mm. not. I um. I I was not intrigued. And but I'm it glad. It took me a long time. Yeah, I'm glad because I still have them to read. It's like I'm really glad I never watched The Wire. 
Oh, because I you have should watch it. that now. I know oh my it would God. be a really good thing to start watching now. That and, and I, I'm glad I have it in my pocket. The way some people have never watched The Sopranos. <laughs> but you're waiting to be even more desperate when I'm climbing the walls, like seriously. Oh, it's so good. I think I watched the whole thing twice. So, well, the Ferrante books. There are four of them. It's the story of a friendship between two women that's very complicated over many, many years, basically over their lifespan. It took me a while to get into the first one, but once I did, God, I just never wanted it to end. So other ones that are more recent books that I think people might want to read now that are fun, Just the Funny Parts by Nell Scovell. She's the, uh, she was for many, many years a comedy writer in like late night rooms and on TV shows, and she ghost wrote um, Lean In. And she wrote a book about her time as a woman in the comedy industry that, well, the television comedy industry that was a really fun read, uh, very distracting. I really enjoyed Americana by Chimananda Ngozi Adichie. Uh, That was a really fun book, the Nigerian writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a story of a young woman who comes to live in the U.S. Um, She's a blogger and she holds on to her first boyfriend. And Adichie is just a very sharp, observant writer. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Me Otessa too. Moshbeg. Wasn't that fun? Yes, really funny, really dark. Really dark about a woman who tries to sleep for a year. Uh, pharmacologically induced sleep mostly. Really fun. And I am currently reading Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. And I'm really enjoying that. And I really enjoyed her previous book, which, okay, that name escapes me, but it was also very good. So I think those are some pretty good escapist books for right now. Cool. We can actually put these in the show notes. Okay, my books. Um, Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Uh, like, life-changing book. Really amazing. Yeah. Um, American Pastoral. I'm a big Philip Roth fan. I know that that's, you know, he's not always the best when it comes to women, but I just think he was a unstoppable writer. Portnoy's Complaint. When I first read that, I think it was like a free book in a pile of books at at a yard sale or something. And I read it and I was like, I, it blew my mind. I didn't know that people could write about masturbation and all those things in that way. It was so funny. Yeah, really good. I read that way too young. The Emperor's Children by Claire Massoud is a really good Manhattan novel, sort of takes place in the, you know, media world. Um, I really liked that a lot. Um, And it's a quick read. Blame by a writer named Michelle Hunovan, um, Hmm. which is about a woman who kills someone in a car accident and it's sort of about she's an alcoholic and it, it's about it's her story i don't want to give too okay. much away um i would okay. say anything by don powell who okay. was a writer who was rediscovered her her work all went out of print she wrote in the 40s and she wrote a, you know a ton of books both about new york and ohio where she was from she is people say she's like you know dorothy parker got the hype that she deserved oh wow okay so I'm i really look her up. i really like that a couple books i liked were the golden spur and the wicked pavilion and then i would say this is a very good time to dive into some eve babbitts um, okay. Another I, writer I whose stuff is back in print after being out of print. She wrote in the 70s in L.A. and was a big part of the scene out there. 
And one of my favorite quotes, she was a big scene star and slept with a lot of famous guys before they got famous. And somebody once said of her, in every young man's life, there comes an Eve Babbitts. Usually it is Eve Babbitts, (laughs) 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 which is one of my favorite lines of all time. Anything by Lori Colwyn who was a wonderful writer who died in the 80s. Um, She just writes big-hearted, positive, happy novels. And Mm. I think it'd be a really good time to read that Edie, um, Edie Sedgwick oral history again. Oh, right. Okay. So that's my list. Let's talk about celebrity crushes. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that one. (laughs) I know, except that mine are kind of boring. I kind of am in love with the same people everybody else is in love with. So you go first. Okay. Javier Bardem. Big time. Oh, whoa. Big right. time. Mark Ruffalo. Oh, he's on my list too? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think he's he's a dreamboat. Daniel Craig. seems really nice. Yeah, he seems like... And you know what? I think he is a nice guy. I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Like, nice is kind of boring also, but just like nice with enough edge kind of thing. Yeah. No, he's cool. Um, Daniel Craig. Yeah, I like a kind of ugly, you know, a sort of Jolie lad, like the Javier Bardem, Daniel Craig, you uh-huh, know, kind of uh-huh. a Jolie lad. Posthumously, Adam Yauch. Oh, for sure. And was I telling you about how I have a recurring dream that recurs about once a year that Adam Yauch is my boyfriend and he's the best boyfriend there ever was. <laughs> and I'm just like deliriously happy. And I always wake up so depressed that it isn't true. <laughs> I think it's probably like it would have been true if he was. Your boyfriend, I think. Oh, my God. I would have been deliriously happy. Absolutely. No, and I think he would have been the best boyfriend ever. I think he would have been the best boyfriend ever. Yes, I Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that's why the dream feels so real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my celeb crushes. I am old school, and so I really love David Beckham. Ah. He's very hot. Mark Ruffalo. Idris Elba. Did you see the video of him where he posted that he's tested positive for the coronavirus? Yeah where his girlfriend or wife wouldn't stop touching her face in the background. (laughs) She was ridiculous. I was watching it going, so wait, this woman is not getting tested and she won't stop touching her face. And then, okay, so this is a new one. And this is the only one of these people who I follow on Instagram, Henry Golding. Did you see Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. He's the guy, the, the perfect fiance guy. He's so hot. Yeah, he's super cute. Yeah, and I feel a little bit um, like a dirty old woman because he's so young, and I just follow him because he's eye candy on Instagram. It's thirst aid, as the kids say. That's really funny. Do we have any other top fives? Because we had a couple other questions that I liked. Um, Well, I don't know if you wrote this down because this was a bit tricky, but top five apps. I'm not a big app person. I I know. So I'm not a big app person either. Not the way a lot of men are, but... I did feel like there were a couple apps that may be fun right now. Um, I actually have decided today, and I don't know if this is going to stick, but I I actually want to stop checking Instagram. So that's one of my recommendations for Corona times is maybe to lay off of Instagram. But um, I did want to share that there's an app called Libby that's a library app that's really good for right now that would you can take out virtual library books. So that's really good. You connect it to your library card if you have one. And a lot, a lot of libraries use it, not just in Canada. Hmm. Zoom, obviously, is a good app for right now for having group chats with your friends. Uh, I don't know if people live in warm weather climates and they're doing gardening, but there's this app, and it's a paid app. I did a free two-week trial. It's called Picture This. 
and I'm a person who wants to be gardening and who doesn't know shit about gardening, and you can walk around your garden and take photographs of plants, and it will tell you what they are. And oh, that's that awesome. Blew my mind, and I walked around and took all these pictures and then wrote down what they all were during my two-week free trial. And then another app I did think we should recommend right now is the Wolfer app because it's the um, it's a community of women over 40. I was on it for a little bit, and I'm sure there's a lot of community support happening on there right now. I'm yeah. sure. Well, I would. I, mean, I don't have a long list of apps, but I will say I have been living for Spotify. Oh, true. Yeah. You know, actually, I, my, you've had some good self care with music, uh, in a way. Like when you texted me some stuff you've been listening to. What have you been listening to now? That is maybe not what people would normally think to listen to. That's really made you feel good. Oh man, I can't remember his name, but he's a Brazilian musician. I've been listening to lots of Brazilian music from the sixties. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to um, Sergio Mendes in Brazil '66. Yeah, it, for sure. It, it makes you feel like you're in a movie that's taking place in a warm climate, and everybody's very glamorous but casual. And then this guy, something, his last name is F-E-U. God, what is his name? But he does a cover of David Bowie's Starman, which is just amazing. We'll put it in the show notes. You told me also you were listening to the Beatles, and I thought that seemed like a really good idea. I listened to the Beatles. I thought, I need to listen to music that I can... I, I sat at the computer one day and worked put on a Beatles playlist and just sang along to every song. It was a day that I was feeling pretty blue. Yeah, and that sounded great. There was something about the fact that, you know, whether you adore the Beatles or don't like them very much, I fall somewhere in between. Like, I know the words to every single song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you it, can sing out loud, and I think that's good. And I sang out loud, and it really did make me feel better. I'm trying not to listen as much to Yola Tango, because I listen to them so much that Spotify <laughs> sent me a little notice saying, you were in the top 1% of Yola Tango <laughs> listeners for all uh, of Spotify. For <laughs> I was all like, the world. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> I thought this was an interesting question that readers sent. What was the nicest thing anyone ever did for you? I know that was a nice question and it was nice because it almost it made me have to think about it and try to think about all the nice things people have done for me which is a really nice thing to think about. And I think where I landed was um when I was pregnant with my first son Jack I was put on very very restrictive bed rest from a very early point in my pregnancy I think around 18 weeks if I remember correctly. Mm. I could be wrong. I'm, it's all a blur now, but I was on bed rest in the hospital and then I was moved to bed rest at home. And my friends made a schedule of people bringing over food and visiting me Aww. to make sure because my mom had died not long before then. And so I really wasn't, I just wasn't, you know, I didn't have a mom who was just going to come over and make sure I was okay. Right. And so my friends rallied and um, I think I'm going to cry if I think about this too much. It was really, it was wonderful. That's nice. That's yeah. really nice. Well, I had a hard time thinking of the nicest thing anyone ever did for me. So I picked the nicest thing someone did recently for me, mm-hmm. which is that um, my friend Meredith sent me flowers this week. Oh, that's nice. And I thought it was really sweet. I had gotten in touch with her and, you know, made a FaceTime appointment. And I think she knew that I was, you know, struggling a little with dealing with all of this alone. And it made me feel maybe 5% pathetic, <laughs> like poor spinster <laughs> Kim. But let's send her flowers, throw her a bone. But mostly I thought it was just a really lovely gesture. Mm-hmm. You did want to talk about that. Did you want to talk a bit about 
how you find it a bit about being alone. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, being alone during a thing like this is not is not ideal. You yeah. know, I think that I I feel good about the fact that the only germs in my home are the germs that I brought in here, you know, and that I'm not having to harangue children about washing their hands all the time. But, you know, my boyfriend and I broke up a month ago. The timing right. couldn't be worse. And mm-hmm. it's been frustrating to be alone, but it has really forced me to stay connected to people because, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise I think I would just kind of sink into a morass. But mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, you know, remember the people in your life who are alone if you're not, or even if you are, just, you know, think of them and call them. That's my public service announcement <laughs> <laughs> for this. Yeah. Uh, so somebody wants to know what are your number one desert island products and what article of clothing gets the most wear in your closet? What I like the desert island products. Desert island beauty products. Well, I didn't make a list, but I'm pretty sure I can do it off the top of my head. I do like that vitamin C powder that Jean Garfield June mentioned on an episode, True mm-hmm. Botanicals, I think it's called. I love Drunk Elephant's Baby Facial is, is an amazing facial. It's got enough like powerful exfoliating things in it so that it stings a little when you put it on. But I've got really sensitive skin and can't usually use masks like that. And it doesn't bother my skin and it leaves you looking really fresh. I always do it before I've got like something important. I like P50, the Biologique Recherche. I pronounced that totally wrong. P50, mm-hmm. which I think is a really great exfoliating toner. It smells like hell, but it works really well. Um, I really like NARS Climax Mascara. And I'm really liking this Kosas lipstick in a color called Royal. Wait a minute. You told me that you do something with mascara that I wanted to know more about. You said you put two mascaras. I use two mascaras. I do. Because there are lengthening mascaras and there are volumizing mascaras. and But there are very few that are lengthening and volumizing. So I use one lengthening, one volumizing. One of them is the NARS Climax. And then the other one is from Benefit. And I believe it is called Roller Lash. Mm, okay. That's for when I'm allowed out again. I'll go and buy those. I have been, I have, people have asked me, like, I think that I've had eyelash extensions. We both have. And mm-hmm. I feel like with those two mascaras, I am able to approximate eyelash extensions. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Now, what are yours? Well, because I switch stuff so often depending on what the last person told me. <laughs> you know that but- skin, you're, the enemy of your skin is switching things up a little. A routine is the best friend of your skin. You must stick to one routine with like this. Every beauty person tells me this. Well, but I was doing the Jean Godfrey June vitamin C powder for a while and I wasn't seeing the magical results. And then I saw somebody say that they're using a cream with glycolic acid, I think, 8% glycolic acid. So then I ordered one of those because I was like, well, that's the magic thing. And so I've been using that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I'll I use something it. for a while. And then when somebody else says, oh, this thing is the best thing, then I switch. I understand, but that's not good for your skin. <laughs> I mean, I do a little bit of that, but I, I try not to because really the routine is your skin's best friend. Just, you know, it gets all fucked up. Oh, I, you know, a question I like, speaking of fucked up, 
um, mm. that I think you thought was a slightly silly question, maybe what our favorite swear word was. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what, okay, what's your, fucked up is yours? No, fuck. I mean, fuck is just good yeah. all around, solid, makes the point. I mean, I think that's the thing. I didn't think it was a silly question. I just thought there is only one answer, and that is fuck. Yes. I do like it when somebody uses the word fuck in a very creative way, like in the part of the sentence that you weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah, I guess I thought it was silly because really, fuck is the best one. There isn't really a debate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the one that comes out of my mouth. Like something bad happens. It's not shit. It's fuck. It's always straight to yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, my Desert Island product was, um, I really like L'Oreal Kerastase Shampoo. And hmm. I feel like it really defrizzes my hair. And it's really fucking expensive. And I actually take off the price tag before I bring it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What, where because... did I just hear? Oh, I heard on another podcast. One woman was saying Claire and Erica's podcast, which is also a great podcast to listen to if you guys are looking for other ones. Mm -hmm. A thing or two with Claire and Erica. But they were saying, one of them was saying the best advice she ever got about marriage from her aunt or the only piece of advice that she got about marriage from her aunt was never to lie about your purchases. Why? Or why not? They didn't go into that. I think maybe because it's well, like, you know, a seed of deception. Any deception isn't I good. Know. I know. Um, I think I get it from my mom because my mom did it habitually. So um, funny. And my husband is not at all the kind of person who would comment on my spending. Uh, and I'm pretty thrifty, generally speaking, but it's uh, I'm embarrassed. I think I think I'm embarrassed and I'm embarrassed to myself as well about how much money I'll spend on a shampoo. I think that's what it's about, like not wanting someone to be like, you spent that much on shampoo. Like, exactly. Because I your already values? feel like it's stupid. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Like, I don't I don't want to have the conversation, even though I don't think he would shame me about it. Now, here's a question I liked. Go for it. No. Okay. One question I like. What is one article of clothing you'll never give away? I know. Mine were very sentimental ones. Yours? Of course. Yeah. Well, my, I have my mother's wedding dress uh, in my Aww. closet, and it was a mini skirt dress, like Aww. a mini dress. I know. So cute. Very 60s. Um, uh, and then I have a shawl that was my grandmother's shawl, and that is still very stylish, very bohemian. I wear it regularly, and I won't even bring it on a trip because I don't want to put it in a suitcase and get it lost. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, I have the dress I wore to the Lucky Launch Party. Oh, really? Which is... What is it? It's kind of an amazing dress. It was made by a line called Trossman Churba, which were these two, I think, Brazilian sisters. Long, you know, haven't done any designing in a while. But I can't even... If I describe it, it'll sound like the ugliest thing in the world. It had like a sort of oh. ultra suede skirt and then a beaded front from the waist up, and then this great swirly print in the back. It sounds Whoa. crazy, but it really worked. It's a lot more subtle looking than it sounds, and I couldn't get away with wearing it now. But And every time I do a closet purge, I look at it, and I just think, no, nah, i got to hang on to that. Okay, fair enough. Somebody also asked for an update on your book, and I would also like an update on your book. How is that going? Thank you, people, for asking about the book. I apologize for its lateness. I frankly just stopped working on it for a really long time and got really behind. I'm working on it now. I'm on a very short leash with my editor. Um, <laughs> hopefully it will come out, you know, in the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> too vague. Um, I would Give say, a little more. Well, I mean, I would say that, like, you know, by 2021, I would like to see it in the world. I'm really sorry 
for those of you who are interested that it's taken me this long, it's a little embarrassing, um, but I really appreciate all of you asking about it. It means a lot to me. And there must have been a lot of renewed interest in it since that guy's GQ. Oh, since Dan Perez. Yes, since Dan Perez wrote his, I was on I was on opiates during my tenure at Details (laughs) book. Oh, Details. That's what it was. Yeah, people were people have been more interested since then. I've gotten some calls about it, and a really great call um, from some people who want to excerpt it when it comes out, which is fabulous. You know, I, I worry that people won't care anymore about what Condé Nast was like in those years, but it's pretty juicy. The book is going to be no, pretty juicy. I can't wait. <laughs> so somebody, I think it would be good to end on this question. Somebody asked, what's the first thing you plan on doing once Corona-19 is over? And the person said, and I mean this in the most lighthearted way possible. So what do you think you're going to do? I'm going to go visit my mom. Yeah. You know, I haven't been able to see her since this whole thing started. And I, you know, she's 82 years old. I, I miss her. You know, mm. we've been talking a lot, but that will I will definitely go uptown to see my mom. What about you? I feel like there are going to be a lot of small local businesses that are struggling when this is all over. And so I would like to go to some of our local businesses and our local restaurants maybe and have like a meal and just feel like a sense of normalcy. We really like a Korean place near my house. So I think we would go for Korean food. Oh, I love Korean food. Well, thank you everybody for sending in your questions. Uh, and I hope this was a fun bit of distraction. We are your hosts, Talia Bacassis and Kim France. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you want to email us about anything, we are tallyandkim at gmail.com. We have an Instagram that is EIF Podcast. And you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com, which I should say has been doing some very good quarantine and corona posting where people just get to really share. And I think that's been really helpful. Aw, thanks. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.